When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome in to the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick. Make sure you check out FiveReasonsSports.com. We've got all of your latest heat news, trending information, and of course, great columns during the week. Nikias Duncan's column comes out Monday. We've got Greg Sylvander Tuesday, Christian Hernandez Wednesday. I'll be writing at some point this week as well. Also, check out Three Yards for Carry, our Dolphins podcast. The Dolphins won again today. That's three wins. They might win six games this season. I know a lot of people are not thrilled about that. But then we've also got five rings, Canes. They've won six games this season. A lot of people are definitely not thrilled about that. Also, check out Light Skin Opinions, Balls Cast, Fantasy on Five, and the rest of the content throughout our network. Before we get to today's episode, I want to tell you about a great new sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network and the Five on the Floor podcast, and that's the new Gold Club. It's the biggest secret in Papano. This is not just a club for gentlemen. It's also a club for ladies. Ladies get in free all of the time. That's right, every day, all day, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. The kitchen just opened a couple of weeks ago. You got to go check that out as well. So again, no charge for women at any time. Also, they've got you call it Mondays. You show up on Mondays, and basically they'll fill up your glass all night for $5. That's you call it Mondays. So check out the new gold club in Papano. We're going to have a watch party there. Not going to be this Wednesday. We're going to do it in a couple of weeks, likely for the Philadelphia game. So we will be at the gold club in Papano as well. And now today's episode. Welcome to five on the floor, a Miami heat and NBA podcast. from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, AKA Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here on the Five on the Floor podcast. I mentioned the Dolphins won today. Well, so did the Heat. They played a rare 3 o'clock game in Brooklyn. We actually had John Kozan there, so check out some content from him on our website. I couldn't watch the game live because I was at the Dolphin game. I caught up on it later. These two guys did, Alex Toledo and Alphonse Sidney. We're going to try to touch on the last three games, games against Houston, Golden State, and Brooklyn, but also look ahead to what's going on this week with two big road games. They've got Toronto. They've got Boston back-to-back. They keep getting these difficult back-to-back sets. But these are games that are going to tell you where they are in the Eastern Conference. So we've got some themes we want to get to today. But first, 30 seconds or less, guys, takeaways from this victory, which raises the heat to 14-5. and five. Single biggest thing you took away today, Al. Biggest takeaway today was just seeing um, this team finally play a close game with Jimmy and Justice together. I mean, the only other close game was the OT win in Milwaukee, and they missed every free throw down the stretch. Today, you had Jimmy Butler out there who made 
I think six of the last seven or seven of his last eight free throws, something like that. He only missed the one. You had Justice make two crucial free throws. And what you see, and we'll get to talking about later on, is the what we what we always talked about with Bam, Justice, and Jimmy. And it's been a little ugly at times offensively, especially this game. There were some stretches where, I mean, all three of those guys were just pretty much awful um, from the field. But with the last three minutes, the, the Nets only scored three points. The last, I think they went on a 7-0 run the last a minute and 49 seconds to win the game. What though, with that team, with that, uh, with that three-man unit can do defensively is playoff basketball. It's grinded out basketball. It's, it's may, it may not look pretty all the time, but it gets the job done. So I think that's the biggest thing I took away from today, that this, the team that we've been talking about uh, all summer long, Justice, Bam, Jimmy leading the defense, is what we actually finally got to see in the, in the final stretch of the game. Alex? I'm a little bit more pessimistic about it. Not too much. I pretty much agree with everything you said there. I'm pretty satisfied to see them come back from that game. It really looked like it was over with about a minute and a half to go. It looked like it was really starting to go downhill. And then for them to come back and show that they're really, you know, that great defense, that they can come out and make the right decisions after getting stops and actually put points on the board. Like, they're getting to the free throw line. Jimmy was making the right reads. Like, they showed a lot of poise, right? But I was pretty upset with the process getting there. I understand Justice is working his way back. But once again, they're shooting – kind of ends up being the indicator for how smooth the offense runs all night. They weren't hitting the threes, and the offense just looked weird. Jimmy also wasn't hitting his shots, right? It wasn't like Jimmy was. Uh, Jimmy had a great game. He did it, but he ended up doing what was needed in the fourth quarter. Uh, again, I'm happy with the defense. I'm happy with the closeout, upset with just the process getting there. I don't think it was a great win. I think Brooklyn without Kyrie and Levert, you know, they're 17th and 18th on offense and defense in NBA. Like I I think Dinwiddie was their only real threat to actually do stuff off the bounce. I don't think they did a good enough job taking him seriously as a scorer because he was kind of getting his way all night. And I know the Heat are well coached. They know what they're going up against. And I thought they could have done a better job shutting him down. And also, again, when the shots don't fall, it looks clunky. I think Alf hit on this, though. And I think this is going to be the theme of today's podcast. I think what's clearly been established with the Heat through the first, I guess we're now 19 games into the season, is that they are two different teams. And those two different teams are determined based on the opponent. So we've seen, and I think this also determines who should be playing. And, and this is why I think that there are some different lineups that Spolster is going to get to. And I think there's one lineup that he's ultimately going to get to, but I think he's holding it in his back pocket, as we've seen Heat teams do before, until it's absolutely necessary, and then they ramp up to the playoffs. I remember, uh, God, I'm trying to think of even even Riley used to do this, like where finally he inserted Antoine Walker instead of James Posey as a starter late in the 05-06 season. Um, there, there have been other, you know, Shane Battier going in as a starter. There, there's been other uh, lineups that have gone in late, and I think we're going to see Tyler Hero and, and Kelly Olenek in the lineup permanently, but I think it may take until February or March before Eric gets there. But I think for now we have two different teams. We have the team that we saw against Golden State, which is right now a terrible opponent, where the Heat are going to rack up a high assist rate. They're going to score a ton of points. The ball is going to pop. They're going to make shots because when the ball pops, they do make shots. 
and everybody's going to look pretty damn good, and it's not even going to go down the stretch. Uh, and, and for those games, I think your Duncan Robinsons and your Tyler Heroes and your Kendrick Nunns are all going to be fine, and I think even Justice is going to be fine. And then I think you're going to have – but maybe Justice won't be as much of a factor. And then I think you're going to have games like you ha- you've seen here uh, against the good teams, against the Lakers, but against Philadelphia, against, I guess, Houston that second game, but also obviously today. Uh, against Milwaukee, although that was weird because there was no Jimmy. But I, I think there's going to be games where, as Alf said, they're going to have to be a grinded-out defensive team. They had a low assist rate today. The ball was not popping. They were not making their shots. And they found a way to win the game because at the end of games, they defend and they get to the line. And, and I, and, and, but see, the thing, guys, is that's the team that needs to appear in the playoffs. Like the other team – they may get – because sometimes you get a blowout win in the postseason, right? But you don't usually get two. You don't usually get three. So there may be a game where the ball does pop against a decent team, right? Or against maybe the Heat's a three seed and they're facing a, a relatively weak six seed. But most of the games are going to look like this. Like, I, and I understand what you're saying, Alex. Like, Brooklyn at this stage is not a great team, but they're well coached, okay? They, they don't put themselves in bad positions. Yeah, and they still have – Everybody like, knows what their role is. They don't have scrubs they, on they have, Right, right. So, I mean, they're not what we saw with Golden State the other night, which is basically fielding a G League team, right? So I I think that we have to look at this as two different teams. And for these games, they need Justice and Jimmy to play together. They need the two of them. I said it's the biggest issue they have with this team over the next month. Those two guys need to finish games together. They need to close games together so that each of them understands what their role is there and they can win these tight games and get to the line. Hasn't that, hasn't that always been the plan, though, is to have Justice and Jimmy, whether they're starting or not, close the games together? They've always known that their identity is on defense first. And that's another reason why, like, I agree with you that there, it is two different teams. But at the same time, I have way – I have my expectations, like, very slanted on the, you know, the ends of the floor, right? With defense, I expect them to be that. I expect them to be one of the pillars – on the defensive end when you're just, you know, comparing them to the rest of the league, they, they, they should be that good, right? They have the personnel for it. And they're also uh, doing a very good job masking the guys who, who came into the season as negatives on defense, right? I think their defensive system should be carrying them. And, and there was just too many weak points tonight. Not that I think that says anything about their defense overall, but that's why I'm just not as high on the game. And I think it should be a given when you have Justice, Jimmy, and Bam on the floor that you're going to be able to grind it out versus pretty much anybody, right? Well, I mean so- – But, Alex, doesn't it just matter – but ultimately, doesn't it just matter what they do down the stretch? I mean, I actually, you don't want to put yourself in the position where you're down six with a minute and change left. But they got the stops when they need to get it with the guys they need to get them with, right? So, I, that's why – I mean, I, I'm I never going to look at a road win. Like, we haven't actually seen the crunch time stuff versus – an actual good team yet. Like, again, I'm, I'm just not high on the Brooklyn team that was out there tonight. They did a great job at the end. I'm not saying they did it. For, they mm-hmm. absolutely did. It was impressive. It was impressive. But, like, I want to see an, an actual sample of crunch time games at some point. Now, you know, it's very good that they're not getting into these situations in the first place. They're just beating teams. You know, it's a better option, obviously. I but, think part of uh, – That's why I'm, I'm, I'm just close to – I'm, I'm just a little bit careful to not say anything yet because I, we haven't seen it yet. It, it, it got ugly, and they got out of it by Jimmy getting to the line and then playing great defense. I mean, the thing is we can only go off of what we've seen, right? You, If you want samples of games they haven't played yet, <laughs> we can't go well, off of that. Saying, you weren't saying that last week after the Philly game. <laughs> no, what do you mean? I, 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 we, don't, we, have, we don't have samples of those games. We don't have samples of them full – we don't have samples of them fully healthy like they were tonight against an Eastern Conference powerhouse. No, we I really don't. This is the best test of them 
on the road, fully healthy that we've seen. So one of the things I think there's a, I think there's been a lot of fool's gold with some of the things that we've seen in the, in, in the early part of the season. I mean, not a lot of fool's gold, but there's some things that have been going on that are just not going to happen on a regular basis. I think it's kind of like what Ethan's saying. You're not going to get some of these great, crazy performances from rookies and second-year players. And what we saw tonight is kind of what this team needs to look like against Philly, but from the beginning, and w- which is why – I'm starting to I, I'm 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 with Ethan on that lineup that we want that he's talking about getting to because that's a lineup that's not gonna go down twenty in the first quarter to a really good team. Right. And no, then no so and, I, I, and definitely then you, on the same page about that lineup. And then you do have a chance well, well, for some of these other guys to come in. And then okay. we we have a chance for some the of these other is? Oh yeah, I think you said what uh Jeff, Tyler, right. Tyler and Kelly, Kelly and, yeah. and Tyler. Well, well, I, 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 I I did, but I want to say who comes out right so uh, ultimately i think the lineup that this team is going to get to is justice winslow at point i guess right whatever it is you want to call him uh tyler hero is the two and the reason for that is that hero can do uh, to me does more to create for others than kendrick nunn does kendrick nunn's a perfect bench scorer i know that he'd have one in goran dragos he kept them in the game today again right but but i i to me i, I think ultimately looking at hero at the two jimmy at the three a linux at the four instead of leonard or i don't four or five, whatever, Olenek and Bam together. And the reason for that is because, again, they're more versatile offensively with Kelly. I think you can still bring Myers off the bench. And then your bench core becomes uh, Dragic and Nunn, uh, Kelly, uh, excuse me, Myers, right? And then some combination, and then Duncan Robinson, I think, in most situations. And then some combination, maybe as a 10th guy, of Silva, DJJ, and JJ, who seem to both be out of the rotation. I'm not even counting Dion. So, so those, that's where I think they're going to get to. And the reason I think this is going to be a switch that you see in February or March, because there's always something the Heat like to hold in their back pocket from the lineup perspective. But I think they'll give it, you know, a four to five week run, or at least a three week run going into the postseason. The other reason for it is it's easier then for Eric to get the minutes to the guys he wants in the postseason, right? So that way he knows he's going to get Kelly Olynyk 25 plus minutes. He knows he's going to get Tyler Hero 25 plus minutes. Dragic becomes the sixth guy who gets those heavy minutes. And then it's none and some of the other pieces that do also. So I just want to be clear on what I think the lineup's going to be. I don't think they get to it now, but I do think, I agree with you guys. I think if they get to that lineup, we're not going to see some of the deficits that we've seen in certain games. And I also don't think you're going to see some of the 40 point first quarters either, because that lineup is a little bit more is if you're playing even against a lower quality team, that lineup is a little bit more limited def- offensively than if you're just having Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn just go crazy, then Goron plays the last three minutes of the first quarter, and you get you get to somehow 42 points in the first quarter, 60 point, 65, 70 point f- first halves. I don't think you're going to see the offensive explosion that you've seen from this uh, from this other lineup, but that lineup, like we've we've said over and over again, is just not suited for the better teams in the league. And I, like, there's there's too many guys in that lineup that if they're not giving you what if they're not giving you anything on the on one side of the court, they take away from you too much on the other side. So it's almost just this imbalance that happens there, and especially on the road where you don't have the crowd behind you, and you know Duncan Robinson isn't going five for six on three pointers in the first quarter. It's just harder on the road, and it's harder against better teams. Yep. Uh, I think they've, like you said, they've been very reliant of Nunn and Robinson. 
and they're not going to hit at that same clip on the road. And uh, I think it's come to the point where where Spoh's been doing this for a long time. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. But he looks at it as like, what are the two units I'm going to have out there, right? Like, uh, he's had it as like, oh, I really like this unit with Jimmy as playmaker surrounded by Nunn and Robinson and Myers. And, you know, Jimmy's surrounded by shooters. And then you have this other, this other unit off the bench with Justice Goron, Hero, Kelly, like all these guys who are capable starters. And he just looks at it as like, we're going to have two very good lineups out there at all times. And I'm not saying he's going to keep this going forward, but I do think uh, that he knows that it's good when the team has more shooters on the floor than not. And it's something that's going to be, I think someone we're going we're gonna to have to monitor going forward. But what, to me, the one, question isn't the okay. question isn't like what what's the best lineup, right? I think the best lineup is just going to be matchup dependent that night. Like tonight, we saw Justice as the the second tallest guy out there at the four because they had Torian Prince playing at the four the whole time, and they the outside of Jared Allen, the Nets went small. And then I think it's just going to come down to Justice, Jimmy, and Bam as your defensive core, and then the other two, basically, you pick, right? Whoever's having the best night that night. Tonight it was Goron. They wanted Duncan out there for the shooting stability. It's, they were not hot. and You know, Duncan was, a, I think, had a team high plus minus tonight as well. So I think you can kind of pick from those last two. I think that's going to be actually the, like, what One thing I will also. say, though, uh, I mentioned Duncan Robinson earlier, but Duncan has actually been – surprisingly excellent defensively. Like if you look at the last mm-hmm. the last stretch in that game, I mean, he had several of the biggest plays defensively in in the last 3 4 minutes of that game. Like he ran, he he showed hard on a pick and roll, ran Torian Prince off the three-point line, contested him right at the rim, a hard contest on another Torian Prince three-pointer. I mean, Duncan Robinson has proven that he does belong on the court. I mean, whether it's starting lineup Second unit, he. I don't think he's going to be on the fringe with the DJJs and the Silvas and the, and the James Johnsons. And I, I don't think you said that, Ethan. I'm just. I, I no, think no. I think some people think once Duncan's out of the starting lineup, he's not going to have a place on the floor. I think that's well. He's a, he's a shooter with size, right? Like that's what differentiates him from a couple of the other guys. The, the other thing about him is his splits home and road are not as dramatic as they are for Nun and Hero right now. Ethan, so, I didn't want to get. I, and, and, I wanted to get to this yeah. one stat. I'm sorry, because Christian tweeted it out. Because I, I said something about the second unit playing well today on the road and that I just don't think the current starting lineup can get it done. The, so off of my eye test, because it's so on point all the time, the starting lineup currently is a, at home is a plus 66 and 79 minutes. On the road, there are minus 11 and 66 minutes. So it's not just right. – we're not, we're not just making this stuff up. They are really good on the on, at home. Plus sixty six is awesome, but to be minus eleven on the road, it just shows you that, like we've been saying, that that lineup, though as currently constituted, it just in the, in the long run, I don't think it's just going to be what the Heat really need. Well, I, look, I mean, the other thing is, you know, minus eleven on the road is is, I mean, I mean, let, let's not make too much of it. I mean, the the, the key thing is they're plus sixty six at home, and, and you know, again, they have two role player, they have role player shooters in that starting lineup. 
and role players play better at home. But that's particularly true in the playoffs. And, and that's why I'm saying, like, this, this team, we're, we're out of the – see, I think there's been a, a shift change internally. And after the break, I want to get into this a little more. But, but I think, look, they knew they had a pretty decent team. But I, I, or they felt they had a pretty decent team. I think now they know they have a pretty decent team. And they know this team is going to be in the playoffs. And, and they know that they have a chance to be a top four seed in the East. Whereas, again, that was a goal they were setting for themselves. But I don't know if they believed they could achieve it. And so now I think there's going to be a pivot towards not just, okay, can we win some regular season games and restore ourselves to some credibility after the past couple of years? To now it's like, okay, can we actually do something with this team in the postseason? And I think that is going to facilitate lineup changes uh, that are different maybe, and maybe sooner than we thought. I still think that Eric's going to hold something in his back pocket until February, March. But I think that there could be more tweaking because, again, the, the type of game they play today is the type of game they're going to play in the postseason. And for that type of game, they need a different group. See, they, but I'm not so sure group. about I'm not so sure about that, man. I do get the point that you're making about the grinded out game. But I think we're all in agreement on that, right? I think we're not everybody is on Heat Twitter, obviously. But as far as us three, we're definitely in agreement that Justice Bam and Jimmy should be on the floor out there in crunch time because defense is their identity, and these are the types of games you want, and you want to see them together. But like besides that, man, I don't know that this is a game that we're going to see in the playoffs. There was only one real threat out there, Dinwiddie, who's a very good player, but who was no All Star. Like whereas in the playoffs, you're going to be going up against either Milwaukee or Philly or Boston or Toronto where they've got multiple very good players, right? I think tonight, like, that team just wasn't very good with what they had out there. Alex, and it's not that's really about I, the I, team. That's, that's the part that I just – I, no, really, I, I, see, I get see, it. Not, but you're, you're, you keep harping on the team they're playing. It's not about the team that they're playing. It's about the type of game that it was, like where it was grinding it out in the last three, four minutes of a closed game. We're not, we're not saying that Spencer Dinwiddie is, is – Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is the the type of effort and the type of game that they had to play in the last five minutes is I way more I'm indicative. A bit. You are nitpicking a lot. But look, but what I'm disagreeing on because I'm not really disagreeing on that though. I I I, I get the whole like you want to see them in a crunch time game do the grit and grind thing. My thing is I don't believe that it's a fair simulation of what we're going to see in the playoffs because. They weren't actually – the defense isn't nearly as tested as it is versus these teams where, like, against Boston, you're not sure if you get those stops because they've got Kemba, they've got Jason Tatum, they've got Jalen Brown. Like, they've got a bunch – they've got guys out there who can do things for themselves. It's but the it's same the, thing. It's like the, it's the, the best we've got problem. So, it's the yes, best we've got I, I, so far. It's a, it's <laughs> I don't like – I really don't know what your gripe is. Like, all we no, can do is go I'm off of what we've seen. Is, the only thing I'm disagreeing with is the point that, that it's what we're going to see in the playoffs. I don't think it's a good simulation. I don't think this is something we can – actually used for that point for, for the playoff thing right i'm just i'm not really disagreeing with the style thing i'm just saying i, I right, i'm still a little bit skeptical i think it's a very good team still but i'm just a little, a little skeptical because I, I still feel that the what it really comes down to is that outside of jimmy and bam who are the clear cornerstones or have, at least have played those have been the, the two guys who have played themselves as the cornerstones they're fielding guys who have mostly played like one-way players, right? Like their their strength is on one side of the ball and they're very much just choosing between lineups on a given night based on matchups. I think that's what this whole year is going to be. It is until, and I got to go, go to go to break here and I want to get to something else after it, but uh, until they get closer to the postseason and I think Eric figures out, these are the six or seven guys I want to play the most minutes and I'm going to get them in the starting lineup so that I can play them the most minutes, except for Dragic. Like that, that, that's, that's what ultimately what I think it's going to come down to. And, and to me, 
Tyler Hero and Kelly Olynyk by that point are going to be two of their six best players. I, I, I just, I, I just think that that's where they're headed. And so ultimately, if that's the case, that's what he'll do. And we've seen them go through long stretches of playing certain guys during the regular season, and so then never seeing them in the postseason. No, no. Well, we'll talk thing. about that after the break. Okay, yeah. Well, we'll talk about it after the break, Alex. All right, we're going to get to one of our great sponsors here on the Five Reasons Sports Network, the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. If you got any kind of issue 24 hours a day, immigration, traffic tickets, personal injury, or anything else, you got to check out our friends at onecalllegal.com. Spell it out, O-N-E, calllegal.com. They've got someone there, again, 24 hours a day. They handle cases from all over the state, but they're based in North Miami. We keep sending people there, and they keep having a great experience. And as you know, sometimes in a law firm, that is not always the case. So that's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. They're all big Miami sports fans, too. You can talk Heat Hurricane. Marlins or anything else with them, onecalllegal.com. All right, we put a restraining order on Alex to, uh, to get to that break. But, Alex, we're going to go back to you. I'm going to go back to you at the beginning here. All right, so we've talked about what types of teams they're facing. Now, they're going to see two teams this week on the road that they haven't seen yet, you know, in these kind of situations, and that's Boston and that's Toronto. And I, I will acknowledge that I didn't love the Celtics roster before the season. And I wondered how Hayward was going to come back and whether they had enough functional bigs. And obviously with Toronto, I thought maybe Masai Ujiri might blow it up early if they didn't get off to a good start. Instead, they've gotten off to a great start. So you tell me, and let's try to do this uh, relatively swiftly, Boston, Toronto. Who will pose bigger problems for the Heat and the playoffs? Oh, man. I think that's, that one's pretty easy. I'd definitely go Toronto. I think they have been so damn good on both sides. Where it like I, I, I want to say top six on both ends. And Siakam has taken this ridiculous leap. I, I think Boston's offensive weapons are slightly better. But at the same time, I'm not sure just because of the leap that Siakam has made where he looks like he's clearly a better player than Kemba is now. Right? And Lowry still looks very good. They're getting great production out of Van Vliet. And just in general, all the role players look like very good role players, right? And they, they're building up guys who nobody knew. They look like everything is going right for them. And I trust in their size and defense more than I trust in Boston's fake defense, which is a take that I'm going to stick to all year, that their <laughs> top, their upper half defense is, is just something that's going to stick up in the regular season because I don't buy 5'9", Kemba Walker, and Daniel Tice, who can move his feet, being a strong defense in the playoffs versus elite talent. And I think just Boston has a lot of stuff that you can pick on. It's a better matchup for the Heat. I mean, I tend to agree with Alex there. Um, Boston, I don't have total faith in. I mean, the Kemba Walker thing. I I like Kemba, but like like Alex is saying, he's he's small. He can't defend. I don't trust that defense in the playoffs. He's actually been a very good defender, like for what he's worth, like in the scheme, right? Like this, the best that you can turn. Yeah, Kemba. but we've seen it's a regular season thing. That's what I. That's the the, the distinction. We've seen these kind of Boston teams under Brad Stevens, the Boston tryhards. And we see what happens to them in the playoffs. It's just it, they 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 seem to un- underwhelm in the playoffs without a true star. And I as long, I, I do like Kemba a lot, but I mean he's he is what he is, right? Now Toronto, uh, Siakam's a star, um, and Kyle Lowry's been playing great, and they they've been doing well even without Kyle Lowry. I hate talking good about the Toronto Raptors because John Carlo Navas from Heat Beat uh, has made me hate them, even though I should like that team. The way they're constructed, it actually. Uh, reminds you, it, it makes you feel good about what the Heat have put together this year. Um, if they can have the kind of season that they had behind a guy like Kawhi Leonard, if the Heat can do that behind a guy like Jimmy Butler, it kind of, 
I'm, I'm not going to say they're winning a championship, but it makes you feel good about what the Heat are putting together. They have a lot of those young guys that are just playing kind of above what you expected them to play at. The OG, I'm not going to try to say his last name, has been playing really well. So, yeah, Toronto, to me, is a tougher matchup. They're playoff uh, proven. Um, and they, they just, like, do you see what they're doing to uh, Utah tonight? And look, something we haven't really talked about this the Zoom meeting is going to end in two and a half minutes that applies to <laughs> mm-hmm. both of these games coming up is tonight we saw more of the center sagging off of Bam, and it completely right. got in his head a little bit. I think he did his best. You know, he stepped into a couple jumpers there. He made one. That's something that we're definitely going to see within the next two games, and it's something that's going to be used against them going forward. I'm sure Spo is going to have, you know, all year to, to work on different types of counters depending on the matchup. So maybe this changes by the time we get to the playoffs, right? But this is going to be a relevant thing, man. I'm telling you, the well-coached well, well, they're, 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 they're out, especially with teams of size and slow-footed centers, a.k.a. Philly, a.k.a. Milwaukee, a.k.a. Boston mm. and Toronto coming up, like Tice and Marc Gasol. I bet you we're going to see them sagging off a of bam. Well, there are two major issues with this team. I think we've identified them. We've hit on them a lot, but we're going to keep hitting on them. Can Justice and Jimmy play together offensively, effectively, and efficiently? And that's going to be a work in progress. We know what they're going to do defensively. And the other one is, is Bam going to step up and make some 12-foot jumpers? Because if, if those two things happen, then the sky's the limit for this team. If they don't, those are the three guys who are going to play the most minutes in the playoffs. I'm sorry to the people who don't love Justice on the floor. He's going to be in the top three or four minutes on this team as long as he's on this team in the postseason. So those are the two issues uh, to watch going forward, you know, and, and, and see where they go. All right. One other thing I want to let you know about, um, as I mentioned, we're probably going to have a watch party on the 18th. I want to thank everybody who came out to the watch party um, at, uh, at Duffy's in North Miami Beach. We had a great time there, even though the heat got hammered uh, by Houston. Alf, when's the next one there? Uh, we don't, we don't know? plan it yet, uh, but it's probably going to be after the new year. Uh, we, okay. We're either going to have one or two more there. I, I'm thinking we need to find a place in South Miami because people are really upset. Yeah, they're really upset until they don't show up. And, and all these people <laughs> who say they want one in South Miami better, better, they better show, up. show up there because I'm tired of hearing that crap because it's a long-ass drive for me. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in Lauderdale. I, I, I like to do one downstairs in my apartment building. All right, thanks for joining us. We're going to have three more episodes this week. We've got a message coming up from Dutch Valley Farm. Uh, also, check out, obviously, as I mentioned, the Gold Club, Seltzer Mayberg, AutoNation, and the rest of the sponsors in the Five Reasons Sports Network. Another sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is Dutch Valley Farms. What's Dutch Valley Farms? Not your average cannabis grow farm. They've got deep roots in the 305. Hometown group of doctors, CPAs, and Silicon Valley professionals have taken their talents from the 305 to the 503 to make you the finest flower out there. How does Miami find its way all the way out in Oregon? Simple, a team with a shared belief in cannabis research and erasing the stigma behind the bud. Today, the Dutch Valley Farms crew is bringing together old school growing practices with new school tech to deliver a consistently clean, high quality experience you can feel good about. The proof is in the plant. You want more information? Visit DutchVF.com or follow them on Instagram at Dutch Valley Farms. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. 
So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.